So on this first Sunday of Advent, we, our scripture lesson is Psalm 42. What is often uh, named a psalm of lament has been renamed by one of my favorite uh, Old Testament theologians and scholars, Bill Brown, as a psalm, ready for this, drowning in God's presence. That's quite an image, isn't it? A psalm of what it means to drown, drowning in God's presence. So uh, with a new lens by which to see this psalm, let us listen for the word of the Lord to all of us this day. Listen now to Psalm 42. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, uh, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise God, my help and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Miser. Deep calls to deep. At the thunder of your cataracts, all your waves and your billows have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me? As with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise God, my help and my God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Awaken us, O God. Awaken us to your spirit. Your spirit that hovers here in Founders Hall. Just as she hovered over the waters of creation. Awaken us, O God your spirit that spans the ages, that she may breathe new life into these ancient words, that they will be your word to us here and now. And awaken us, O God, by your spirit, as she breathes new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts. For you, O God, you are our rock. 
you are our Redeemer. For we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Same prayer every week. Did it feel a little different to you this morning? Feel a little different? I don't know, maybe uh, you were confused, so you open your eyes and you're like, wait a second, what is happening? That's like the Presbyterian response. Anybody have goosebumps? Anybody like uh, you were breathing and you just sort of stopped mid-breath? You were like, oh, what is that? Anybody, uh, you're not quite sure how to explain it, but like there were some, I don't know, like lump in the throat, maybe tear in your eyes, something glazed over. You're like, oh, what is, what's happening? Anybody uh, just have a smile that came across your face? You thought, oh, isn't that nice? How cool is it that we experience that together? Uh, What just happened is that You were awakened in a new way, I pray, to the Spirit of God that is here all the time through words that we hear every week. Uh, There's an old word for it. The word is behold. I say old because, uh, Claire, we don't walk around anymore going, behold. That sounds like uh, old English because it is. In the old English, uh, there wasn't a term, Cheryl, for what it meant to look So uh, the word behold meant to look. So when we had the King James Bible that was printed in the 1600s, the word behold showed up almost 1,300 times. Cal, I say almost 1,300 because it was 1,298 times. In all of the scriptures, the word behold is there almost 1,300 times uh, because they are saying, look, awaken to what God is doing In your midst. Modern translations, Jeannie, uh, in the NRSV, we have cut that down. Behold, only appears 27 times. You may say, why did we go from almost 1,300 to 27? Did the Greek and the Hebrew change? No. Greek and Hebrew, uh, those words are the same. Except, our interpreters are saying, when we have the word behold, it is somewhere in Scripture that... uh, The writer is trying to say to us, pay attention, something new is about to happen. You need to look, see what's happening, because God is about to do something new. But you and I both know, right? Looking, seeing, is not the same thing as perceiving, right? We can look at something and miss what is happening below it. An example, two weeks ago, I had a woman in her 80s in my office. We were just catching up. We were talking about Thanksgiving. Out of nowhere, she went into one of those moments where she sort of looked over my shoulder. You ever have that moment where someone feels like they're transported outside of their body and they're going to reflect on something? She looks over my shoulder and uh, she says, just in a stare, I wish I would have uh, appreciated all the chaos when it was happening. I said, what do you mean? She said, uh, all the chaos of thanksgivings. I was so focused on table manners of my kids. 
I wish I would have just enjoyed them. I was too focused on manners. I would give anything I had right now to go back and have those moments. She can see now what she couldn't see then. We can look and not perceive. Don't believe me? Pull out your cell phones after worship today. Do me a favor. Hit photos on your phone. Go back to the year 2018. Swipe up. Don't even worry about what month it lands on. Put your finger on your phone. Stop it. Click on the photo. And try to tell me whatever photo comes up on your phone that you don't see the holiness that was your life that you couldn't perceive then. Oh, behold is a powerful word because it is inviting us to see below what's actually happening. To behold is to be awakened to what Spirit is doing in and through our lives. Uh, The psalm today said it this way. When will we behold the face of God? Advent for us in the Christian tradition can mean that we are going to behold the face of God sometime off. We are preparing during Advent for Christ's arrival. But what if we reframe, like Dr. Brown uh, invited us to do, to see the psalm that we are drowning in the presence of God here and now? How then might that question change? When will we behold your face, O God? Not far out, but here and now. When might we perceive the holiness of That is our very life. One thing would have to change for us if that were to be the case. We talk about this sometimes uh, in this space and in the worship space, but we have to uh, reframe our understanding and our relationship with God, the divine. We have to move from uh, just being deist about it. Uh, We have to understand faith is less about us being good enough to ascend to the presence of God or the expectation that one day God will descend and come down to us. We have to sort of take that off the table because that means that we are always in a process of having to prove our worth to be in the presence of God or that God has to do something miraculous to come down to us. Rather, we have to move past that understanding and relationship with the divine to know that we are in the very presence of the divine, that we can never outrun or go beyond God's presence. The psalm says it this way, if I ascend to the highest mountain, you were there. If I descend to Sheol, which was a little uh, place outside of Jerusalem where they uh, kept trash. It was the trash dump. If I descend to hell, Sheol, even you are there, for there is nowhere that I can go that I'm apart from your spirit. It's what I said in our prayer this morning. I'm just reframing Genesis 1. Hover here, O God. From the beginning, we are taught that the Spirit of God is so close to creation, so close to us. It is as close as God's very breath to us. So then the question becomes, not when will we look and see God's face, but when will we behold, when when will we perceive that we are in the presence of God? There's a word for people who do that really well. That word is mystic. 
We don't, uh, we don't really follow the mystics in uh, the Reformed tradition, but a mystic, and I'm going to read the best definition I've ever heard of of a mystic. Mystics have the ability to stay present to the presence better than almost anyone. I'm going to give uh, the definition of a mystic from the autobiographer of Michael Jordan. That's right, the basketball player. I know you saw that coming. Listen to what he says about Michael Jordan. What's a mystic? Oops. Mark Vansel, Michael Jordan's biographer, rather, once wrote about Michael Jordan. Most people struggle to be present. So they go and they sit in ashrams for 20 years in India trying to be present. Some people do yoga every day. Others try to meditate. Everybody uh, seeking to be here now. Most people live in fear because we project the past into the future. Oh, Michael Jordan's a mystic because he was never anywhere else. Michael Jordan's gift was not that he could jump high. It's not that he could run fast. It's not that he could shoot a basketball better than any human who had ever walked the face of the earth. Uh, Michael Jordan's gift was he was completely present. He was completely present. That was his gift. When will I behold the face of God. Friends, what if this Advent season, that question is not a one day in the future, when will I behold the face of God? What if that invitation for us this Advent season is when will we see, when will we be present to the presence of God that is in our everyday life? How might that change the way we go to the grocery store? How might that change the way that we have a family dinner with wiggle worms? How might that change the way that we interact with our friends if the invitation the whole time is to behold, to be present to the presence of God in whom we live and move and have our very being? I think that's uh, actually, deep down, what we love about this time of year. I think, it's, uh, I think it's why we have songs like, It's the most wonderful time of the year. I think it's what we love about uh, putting Christmas lights on regular trees at Preston and Royal. I think it's why we um, like getting dressed up and going and having holiday parties. I think it's why uh, we love returning to these uh, sacred spaces in our lives. Turning out all the lights and holding candles high in the air. Because this season invites us not only to see our lives, but also the world in a different light. A light that says that hope is eternal that the light of Christ is present within us, 
and that the promise of God has never been away from us. Friends, that is the good news of the gospel. It's the good news of a God who says there is nowhere that you will ever go where I am not. Don't just see it. Behold it. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us and mold us. Fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us that we might behold your presence. Amen.